الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين استفاء خصوصا على افضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الامين وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الف لام ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين الذين يؤمنون بالغيب ويقيمون الصلاه ومما رزقناهم ينفقون والذين يؤمنون بما انزل اليك وما انزل من قبلك وبالاخره هم يوقنون اولئك على هدى من ربهم واولئك هم المفلحون صدق الله العظيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم ربنا الهمنا رشدنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا اللهم ارنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وارنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى امين يا رب العالمين as i told you in the introductory lecture we are now beginning with the first grouping of the surahs the makki surah was surah al-fatiha which we have already studied now the madani part of this first group consists of four surahs and consisting of two pairs of two surahs each surah al-baqarah surah al-imran they are a pair that is evident from the fact that both start with the letters alif lam mim then surah al-nisa surah al-maida they are a pair they start straight off ya ayyuhallazina amanu ya ayyuhannas this is how surah al-nisa and surah al-maida start so this is the first pair of the madani surahs now regarding surah al-baqarah please note This is the largest and the biggest surah of the Quran. It comprises nearly two and a half parts. It has 286 ayats divided into 40 rukus. And this surah al-Mubarakah, not only regarding its size, it's one of the most important surahs of the Quran. Rather, I should say, the most important surah of the Quran, because it has been said so. by the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself there the hadith in which he said le kulli shay'in salamun wa salamul quran surah al baqarah everything has its top highest place and we may say every phenomenon has a climax and the top or the climax of quran is surah al baqarah now these are the wordings of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam This surah, I have given it a name, Surah Al-Ummatain, Surah of Two Ummas. That is the present Muslim Ummah, the Muslims, and the former Muslim Ummah, the Bani Israel. This surah can be divided, just as we listen to the Hadith Al-Qudsi, "Fasm tu salat abayni wa bayna abdi musfain." Surah Al-Fatiha divisible into two absolutely equal parts. Here again we have nearly equal parts of Surah Al-Baqarah. First part that comprises of 18 rukus and 152 ayat. Here the address is basically to the former Muslim Ummah, that is Bani Israel. Out of the 18 rukus, more than 10. They are in direct address. Ya Bani Israel, naskuru ne'mati Allah yadam ta'alekum wa'fu bi'ahdi yufi bi'ahdikum wa'iyya farhabun. This is the beginning of the fifth section, fifth ruku of this surah. And in the fifteenth section again, Ya Bani Israel, naskuru ne'mati Allah yadam ta'alekum wa'ni fadlukum ala alamin. It's a continuous address to the former Muslim Ummah. In the first four rukus, they are. some preliminary discussions and as we shall see inshallah very soon actually they are a summary of the whole of the makki quran because two third of the quran had been revealed already 
When Surah Al-Baqarah was being revealed, it is Madani Surah. And this is the first Madani Surah. The time of its revelation is beginning with the Hijra till the time just before Rasmatul Badr. So that is actually about 16 or 17 months. This Surah was revealed bit by bit, part by part, during 16 or 17 months, extending from just after Hijra, before the Battle of Badr. So this is the first Madhavi Surah that way. But two-thirds of the Quran had already been revealed. That is the Makki Surah. So actually, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed this Surah in the very beginning of the Quran, so this and the summary of the teachings of the Makki Quran is given in four rukus in the very beginning of this Surah. Then the four remaining rukus of this first part, they are tahwili. Because you will find that the change in the direction of Tibla from Jerusalem to Makkah, that is discussed in those four rukus. And that was actually a symbol that the position that was held by the former Muslim Ummah, Bani Israel, for 2000 years, now they are deposed from that position. They were the representatives of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth for 2000 long years. Now they are deposed. And the new Muslim Ummah, based on the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this new Ummah, it is being installed in place of the former Muslim Ummah. That is why the direction of the Qibla changed from Jerusalem to Makkah. Then second half of this surah, it comprises of 22 rukus, but the number of ayat is 134. In the first part, 18 rukus, but ayat 152. In the second half, Although the Rukus number is greater, 22, but the number of the ayat was 34. So actually they go to balance each other, and that's how I'm saying that they nearly balanced half and half. This division is nearly balanced. In that second portion, the address is to the Muslim Ummah exclusively. And two subjects are being discussed. Number one, the Sharia, because the Sharia is revealed after Hijra. Before Hijra, there was no Sharia actually, no law. Nothing had been made first except Salah, and that was also made first only a year or so before Hijra. There was no Zakah, there was no Salm, nothing was declared Haram, neither liquor was declared Haram, nor interest was declared Haram, no Sharia. Sharia actually was revealed in the Badri Surahs, and in Surah Al-Baqarah we find the blueprint, the basic principles, the blueprint of the Sharia of Muhammad and this goes to develop into Surah Al-Nisa and the final Sharia has taken the form, the Sharia of Muhammad Sallallahu in Surah Al-Ma'idah. So actually the legal injunctions of the Qur'an and secondly, Jihad fi Sabirillah, Infaq fi Sabirillah, Tatal fi Sabirillah. These are the two subjects discussed in the second half of the Surah and there is the address to the present Muslim Ummah. Now with this introduction we start the first two rukus of this Surah very important. As I told you, Tawilul Khas, when they were revealed, what was meant and what was understood basically by these wordings, by these ayats, when they were revealed at that time. And then we shall have the generalized view, that if we focus our attention on the wordings, then the generalized inferences, we shall discuss about them. Al-Islam these are the isolated letters of the Qur'an which appear in the beginning of 29 surahs of the Qur'an. In three surahs only single letter comes. Qaf, Noon, Qaf wal Qur'an al-Majid, Noon wal Qalam wa ma yaskurun, Saad wal Qur'an al-Zizikr. Then in some there are two letters, Hamim, Taha, Yaseen. In some there are three letters, Alif Lam Mim, Alif Lam Ra. And in some there are four letters, Alif Lam Mim Ra, Alif Lam Mim Saad. And only two, there are five. Kaf, Ha, Ya, Ain, Saad, Ha, Mim, Ain, Seen, Kaf. And the meanings of these letters nobody knows. They are a secret between Allah and His Messenger. Although much has been said about these letters. But the general consensus is, that nobody knows the real meanings, it's sure. There are certain judgments people have guessed something, but nothing definite. You can't be sure of those meanings. 
ذالکل کتاب الارئی وفیر This is the book of Allah, Al-Kitab. This is the book. What does it mean? The book of Allah. La Raibafi, there's no doubt in it. No doubt in it about it's being revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there is no doubt in its contents. Its contents are also above doubt. And its revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also above doubt. Khudal yin muttaqeen. This is the guidance for the God-fearing. But I discussed this word taqwa in my Sunday lecture. Taqwa, although generally piety, godliness, holiness, different words are used, but actually meaning that to save yourself. Muttaqeen, people who want to save themselves. From what? From the fire of hell, number one. Displeasure of Allah, number two. And basically, they have a moral sense within them. And they want to avoid and save themselves from evil. If this moral sense is active within them, then actually they will always be in search of the truth, in search of what we can do. Those people who had prayed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ijjina Sirat al-Mustaqeen, Sirat al-Lazeen anam ta'alehim, it was their desire, it was their own search. They wanted to have the guidance. Now actually this is the relationship between Surah Al-Fatiha and Surah Al-Baqarah. You ask for guidance, Khudal lil muttaqeen. This is the guidance. The guidance is being given to you. And these are the do's and do's. Do these things, don't go this way. Go this way and don't do these things. So actually this guidance is given here, Khudal lil muttaqeen. But as I discussed in that lecture, although we find in the 23rd section of this very surah, Khudal lil nas, this has the guidance for all humanity. But you know, only those people will be able to avail of his guidance, who have in themselves the search for truth and guidance, who want to have guidance, who don't want to have any guidance, they will not be able to avail themselves of the guidance that Quran is giving. If somebody is not hungry, he will not look towards any food. That food might be very nourishing and very tasty, but he has no hunger. He can't take it. So actually there should be a hunger. That is actually, the need for guidance is taqwa. Because you want to save yourself from going astray. You want to save yourself from evils, from doom, on the doomsday. If that desire is there only, then you will be able to avail of the guidance of the Qur'an. And who are those muttaqeen? Allazina yuminuna bilghayb. Those who believe in the unseen, who know that the reality lies beyond the realm of our senses. They are very limited. The basic reality is the life beyond. Just as Confucius, the very famous thinker of China, he has been reported to have said, there is nothing more real than what cannot be seen, and there is nothing more certain than what cannot be heard. Things which are not visible by these eyes, which cannot be heard through these ears, they are the most real things. This is a very shallow, superficial part of reality. So this is the basic thing that if somebody, he denies, no, there is nothing beyond our perception, then he will not be able to avail of the guidance of this Quran. Only such a person who understands, who knows that our senses, they can reach, but to a very limited extent, the reality lies beyond it. And then they establish prayers. Because that reality, the Al-Haq, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now you should have some contact with him, some communication with him, and to have a regular communication with him, you must establish prayers. And whatsoever we have given them, they spend out of it. Spend out for charity, for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the spreading of the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for making the deal of Allah supreme, and those who believe in what has been revealed and sent down to you, O Muhammad And not only you, but they believe also on what was sent before. They believe in Torah also, they believe in Injil also, they believe in Zabur also, and they believe that the prophets have been given these revelations and guidances before Quran also. وَبِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُوْقِنُونَ 
Here you know we find the word is changed. Not you may lose, but you can lose. About the hereafter they are convinced, they are sure. They are sure that this life is not all human life. The real human life is in the hereafter. Death is not the end of our existence. It's just the gate towards the eternity. Because after death there is going to be resurrection. And after that resurrection, it's eternity, eternal existence. So actually death is the gate to eternity. Actually they are convinced, they have the yakin. This Allah is very important here. These are the people who are on the guidance from their Lord. They are already on the guidance. And they will be increased in their guidance. But they are already in the guidance. And they are the people who will be successful, who will reach their final goal. That is Falah. Now please note here, what these ayahs denote is that because Quran was being revealed for last 12 years before the revelation of these ayahs, there were people who had taken the guidance of Quran. They were transformed, their characters, their sira. They have been, you know, and they were practically present. These ayat are practically pointing towards those people. They are the people, there is Abu Bakr, look for him. He is the fruit of this Quran. Every tree is grown by the fruit it bears. The guidance of this Quran has produced a jamaah, a group, a community of people. Like Abu Bakr, Omar, Osman, Talha, Zubair. They are the people who have benefited themselves from the guidance of this Quran. And the Quran, you know, has produced a certain community who have these characters. So this is actually the Tabinul Khas. When these ayat were revealed, as if these ayat were pointing towards the people who Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa had prepared by the hard work of 12 years, their training, their tarqiyah, their tarbiyah, and through this, the teaching of this Quran, the teaching of this Quran and hikmah has produced people, a community, and these are the people whose qualities and attributes are given here. But if you insert generally, what will be the inference? If anybody wants actually to avail of the guidance of the Quran, he must take this path first. He must produce in himself the qualities that are being given here, as if they are the preconditions to avail the guidance of the Quran. If you want to tread on the path that Quran wants you to tread, these are the fundamental conditions, rather we should say preconditions, that you have to fulfill in order to avail yourself fully with the guidance of the Quran. Now the second group. Three types of people are discussed in these two rukus. Second, in the Nadina Kafaru Sawaura Dehim, Anzatahum of them Kunzunum Layunun, Katam Allah Hurala Kulu Behim, Wala Sanrehim, Wala Sarehim Veshawa, Wala Mazabur Azi. Verily, those people who have denied, who have decided to deny Sawaura Dehim, for them it's equal. Anzatahum, whether you warn them, or you don't want them. La yuvenun, they are not going to believe. Now actually, here also Quran is pointing towards certain people. This is not general. So many people were kuffar, had not become Muslims till these ayats were revealed, and they became Muslims later on. So it cannot be a generalized meaning. Actually, it's a particular group. Those people, whom Muhammad Sallallahu had preached for 12 years at Makkah. And they had understood the message of the Quran. And from the depths of their heart they believed that this is correct. But they didn't want to accept it. Due to their haughtiness, takabbur, due to their gurur, because they were proud. 
They didn't want to follow Muhammad sallallahu Why should we follow Muhammad sallallahu Are we inferior to Muhammad? No. Then it is since actually, then they have decided, Oh Muhammad sallallahu it is equal. It's equally fruitless or without any result. Whether you preach them, whether you go on warning them anymore, or you stop preaching to them and warning them. La Yuvenun, they are not going to believe. They have decided to remain kafir. They will not accept me. Khatam Allahu ala qulubihim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put a seal on their hearts. Wa ala samihim. And on their ears, their hearing. Wa ala afsarihim bishawa. And on their eyes, there is a curtain. There is covering on their eyes. Wa lahum azabun azim. And for them is waiting a very big torment. Now this again please note, those people to whom preaching was done, the message of Quran had been conveyed to them, year after year, 12 years, Muhammad took Wasallam at Makkah, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, it is not that they didn't understand, they understood, Quran was in their own language, and they knew Muhammad Wasallam. Abu Lahab at least knew him from his very birth. But they had decided not to accept him. Due to their haughtiness, their proudness. So actually now such people, they will not avail of your guidance. They will not avail of the guidance of the Quran. They will not benefit, O Muhammad from your preaching, from your warning. So it's equal to them. And because due to their refusal to accept the truth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had punished them by putting a seal on their hearts. This seal is not in the beginning. This seal is put only when somebody refrains from accepting the truth. Recognizing the truth that this is true. His heart tells him this is true. Accept it. And he doesn't accept. Why? Because of proudness. Because of such reasons, haughtiness. Then Allah as a punishment puts his seal on his heart. Now he cannot see because there is a curtain before their eyes. They cannot hear because their hearing is also sealed and now their hearts are closed for any guidance. Now the third degree, third type of people. And there are from among people who say with their tongue, We believe in Allah. And the last day, the day of judgment. And they are not Mormon, they are not real believers. They profess to believe, they claim to believe, they say with loud words, we believe in Allah, we believe in the hereafter, in the day of judgment, but they are not believers. Now who are they? First of all, please note. They are actually two categories who are being referred here without giving them any name. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not given them any title. But as far as we can understand, there are two types of people who are being discussed here. Generally people think that they are only Munafiqeen, the hypocrites. But actually hypocrites as well as the Jews of Medina, both are included in this category. And actually hypocrites were also people under the influence of the Jews of Medina. They were under their influence. And they were the Shayateen. We shall read in this ayat also the word. So actually this description, as you say, we use free to whom it fits. This is a narration and it fits two groups of people of that time. Number one, the Jews. Number two, the Munafiqun, the hypocrites, who said they were Muslims and but they were not Muslims, they were not Mormon. Why Jews? Because here you find, Yaqulu amanna billahi wa billyawmil akhir. Not the Rasul. Here the wordings are only that they say we believe in Allah and believe in hereafter. But not in the Rasul. We don't believe in the messenger. At least this is what they are saying. And that was the position of the Jews. Because we believe in Allah. You also believe in Allah. We also believe in Allah. You also believe in unity of Allah. We also believe in unity of Allah. You also believe in the resurrection? We also believe in the resurrection. You also believe in the hereafter? In the heaven and hell? We also believe in the hereafter? And the hell and the heaven? 
So we are also bombing. You must accept us as believers. That was their claim. And it's very noteworthy that out of the three basic imaniyat, three basic themes of iman, only two have been mentioned. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ عَمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ لِمُؤْمِنِينَ They are not Mormons. And in the same way, and when we shall read the description, this, is, this fits the Budafiqun of Medina also. Because they also actually, they doubted about the messengership of Muhammad sallallahu We find in the Quran in different places that they said, for example, why wars have been started, battles have been started. There is no express injunction in the Quran. Why not a surah has been revealed in the Quran? And only on this demand of theirs, we find that Surah Al-Qital was revealed. Surah Al-Muhammad or Surah Al-Qital in the 26th part, which contains a very express injunction for going to war against the Kuffar. So actually, they were not very sure about the messengership or prophethood of Muhammad Their claim was, Iman Billah, Iman Bil Akhir. Actually, they took Muhammad Sallallahu not very seriously. And to obey Muhammad personally, that had become most difficult for them. So these both groups are included here. If you keep in view the Taveerul Khas, the groups who are in the background of these ayat. But when we shall infer generally, this will fit every munafiq for all times to come. Because, as a rule, please understand, whenever there is some ideological call, when there is some revolutionary movement started based on some ideology, you will always find three types of people. There are people who accept the ideology at its face value, and then they are ready to die for it, live for it, to do whatever it demands. There are people who are opposed to that ideology. They oppose it clearly, openly, truth and nail. And then there is the third group always, who want to support the ideology, but keep safe themselves. They want to play safe. They don't want to sacrifice their belongings or their lives. They want to be safe and to keep their money with them. And everything, they don't want to take risks. And they actually, they want to do something good. But it should happen itself. So these are the Munafiqun, the third type of people who will always be found with every ideological movement, every revolutionary movement, people who believe it, take it at its face value, they plunge into deep waters, risking everything. People who refuse to accept and who oppose it to Tandil, clearly. And people who are in between. La ilaha ulai wa la ilaha ulai. They are neither on that side, neither on this side. They are somewhat on this side, somewhat on that side. Meaning thereby neither on that side, neither on this side. So these are the munafiqun and this is the third group which is being discussed here. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ And they are not believers, they are not the real moments. يُخَامِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا They try to deceive, I have added the word try. They are trying to deceive Allah and the people who believe, the real believers. Mukhada'ah, this is Baba Mufa'ala, this is trying against each other. Yukhadi'oon Allah wa Allazeena Abanu, they are trying to deceive Allah and people who believe, the moment. Wama yakhda'oona illa anfusahum, and they are not deceiving anybody except themselves, they are deceiving themselves. When they claim they are Mormon, they are deceiving themselves. When they think that they can please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this verbal attestation only, well they are wrong, they are deceiving themselves. Wama yasharoon, but they perceive it not. They have not the sense that they are deceiving themselves. Fi quloobihim maradun. In their hearts, there is a disease, there is an ailment. That ailment is of doubt, red then it goes to develop into nifaq, into hypocrisy. فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ فَزَادَهُمُ اللَّهُ مَرَضًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has increased them in their disease. This is the rule of Allah, this is the sunnah of Allah, this is the habit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you take right path, He will help you in proceeding forward on that right path. If you choose the wrong path, He will help you. Go ahead. 
and if you are in between, he will leave you there. It's your own choice. Imma shatiram wa imma kafura. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the choice to you, to me, to every human being. When the decision he makes, Allah makes that way easy for him to proceed further and further. All the difficulties of the right path, they are made easier for him. All the big evils of the wrong path, for those people who choose wrong path for themselves, then they are made easy for him. When they go after one big evil to the another bigger evil, and then to the still bigger evil, this is the habit of Allah. Allah has increased them in their disease. And for them is a very painful torment. Because of the lies that they have been telling. Because they were saying we are moving, they were not moving. This was the lie that they were telling. That was very important. This third category of people. As I told you, one type of people who accept that dawah, that call, that ideology, and then they plunge into deep waters, risking everything. Other one, they have rejected the ideology, rather they have decided to oppose it, and they are opposing it to and And this third group is in between. They want to make peace between evil and good, between batil and haq. Because if there is a clash, between the batil and the haq, between the truth and the falsehood. If there is a clash, there is going to be bloodshed, there is going to be loss of life, loss of property, loss of conveniences, everything. So actually they want peace, not for the sake of their truth, but for themselves. That is why they used to say, then why are you going to war? It's no use going to war against Kuffar. Why not go on preaching and preaching and teaching? Well, we can teach Islam. We can teach Islam to the people. Why Muhammad has taken this way? He has started sending small groups of armies, obstructing the way of the caravans, of the Quraysh. Why? This will lead to bloodshed. This will lead to war. We should do it. We should make peace. This character, you must read between the lines. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ لَا تُفْسِدُوا فِي الْوَرْقِ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْلِحُونَ When it is said to them, don't make mischief on the earth. They say, oh no, we are the peacemakers. What was the mischief? Muslims, the true Muslims said to them, if you accepted Muhammad as the messenger of Allah, if you accepted Islam, now obey him in every respect. Why this difference of opinion? This is actually mischief. This is facade. There is a party. You are breaking the discipline of the party. This party must be disciplined. You should be like fortified walls. So this group should be very much integrated. And why are you making this facade? The reply was, No, we want to make peace. Muhammad wants to make war, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We want to have peace. Allah innahum humul muqsidun. Now this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Listen, they are the mischief mongers. But they don't have the perception, they perceive not. But they are the mischief mongers. Why? Because actually, whenever on this earth, there is some system, which is not the system of Deen of Allah. This is Fatad. Although there might be all amn, apparent peace, but actually when this is not the law of Allah, which is governing this place, it is in rebellion against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is Fatad. Zahar al-Fasad of al-Barr wal-Bahar. nas This is Fatad. This is rebellion against the rightful ruler. The rightful owner of this universe is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the only rightful ruler. And if anybody else, any other law is ruling, it is rebellion. So this rebellion has to be set under. It has to be controlled. It has to be dealt with. And for dealing with this rebellion, putting it down, you need a party, strong party, powerful party. Now if you are making injuries to the discipline of that party, you are weakening that party, 
You are abetting this system actually, this facade, discipline of the Muslim party, of Hezbollah, of the party of Allah and Muhammad They are actually, they are the mischief mongers. They are abetting and supporting this facade on earth. Allah in the Humul Musaduna, Walakilla Yashurun. Vaisa Kilahum Amanu Kamaman Nas. And when it is said to them, you should also believe, just as the others have believed, you look to Abu Bakr, look to Omar, look to Saad ibn Maas, look to Saad ibn Abada, Rabbi Allah Ta'ala Nubajmaeen. They are the believers. Why don't you follow them? Why don't you take to their example? What did they say? Very interesting. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ آمِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَا سُقَالُوا أَنُومِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَا سُفَحَا They said, should we believe just as these fools are believing? They thought they are fools. They are fanatics. They are risking everything. These are fools who have left their homes and hearts and they have come over from Mecca to Medina. Are they wise people? They don't look whatever is injurious to them, whatever is harmful to them, whatever is beneficial for them. They have just migrated from Mecca, leaving their families, not only their homes and hearts, their families at the mercy of the wolves of Mecca. They have come over here. So they are fools. Actually, we are not fools like them. We are not going to risk our lives and properties and our wealth. We are not going to take that path. وَإِذَا قِيلَ لَهُمْ آمَنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ النَّاسِ قَالُوا أَنُومِنُوا كَمَا آمَنَ السُّفَحَاءِ أَلَا إِنَّهُمْ هُمُ السُّفَحَاءِ وَلَا كِلَّا يَعْلَمُونَ Listen to it. They are the fools, but they don't have the perception. They don't have the knowledge. These are fools. Abdullah ibn Ubay is the biggest fool of Medina. And the people who are like him, people who are obeying him, people who are taking his part, they are the fools. Because actually they don't know. What is really good and beneficial for them? Because real life is the life hereafter. And this is injurious for them. These munafiqeen will be in the lowest part of hell. In the lowest section of hell, they will be placed. So actually they are fools. And when they meet the people who believe, they say, we also believe. Now this is a word, please note. When they are in privacy, with their devils, with their chiefs, well these are the chiefs, the Jews of Medina. The Munafiqeen were actually, they were in close liaison with the Jews of Medina. There they say we are in you, although we have openly declared ourselves to be Muslims, to be with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi we are making mockery of them. We are with you really. We have not left your side. We are with you. وَإِذَا لَقُلْ لَذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا آمَنَّا وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَىٰ شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا إِنَّمْ آكُمْ إِنَّمَا نَحْنُ مُسْتَحْزِهُمْ They are only mocking. These moments, they are fools. And we are making a laughing talk for them. Allahu يَسْتَحْزِهُمْ Now this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah mocks at them. Again the same divine habit or divine rule or the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whichever path you take, Allah makes it easy for you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them increase in their wrongdoing, permits them going more and more in the direction of that evil and wrong path that they have taken and decided and chosen for themselves. They are the people who have purchased error, falsehood in exchange for guidance. Very beautiful words. Now guidance of the Quran came to them. Now they have two options. Either accept the guidance of the Quran or the opposite of it, that's the falsehood, that is batil, that is sin, that is disobedience to Allah. Actually now, they have given away the guidance of Quran, guidance of Muhammad sallallahu and taken for themselves, accepting for themselves, they have exchanged the guidance for zalala, for the error, the falsehood. And this trade of theirs, it has not benefited them at all. This is dafsara from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a commentary from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
The in-between people, neither this side nor this side, Muslim Zabina Ben Azali, neither the believers nor opposing, apparently or openly, in-between. And the both the parables of both these similitudes, they are about these very people. Some are very deep in this quality of hypocrisy and some are shallow. But the opinion which I hold, and I agree with the people who think that way, that is that the first simile is for the kuffar and the second simile is for the munafiqeen. For the kuffar we read these ayat, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَوَاعٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا أَنْزَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنْزِرُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ خَتَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ صَمْعِهِمْ وَعَلَىٰ أَفْصَارِهِمْ بِشَعْوَةٍ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ For them now there is a similitude. As the likeness of one who kindled a fire. Now this is actually a situation which you can imagine. Commonly happened to the Arab people when they used to travel in the desert. Now a caravan is traveling during the night. And they used to travel during the night, mostly. Because the days were very hot. One couldn't travel in the daytime. And it did sometimes happen that they lost the way. And darkness. And in that darkness somebody takes the courage, gathers some timber, and then kindles the fire. Now they can see where they are, they are about, where are we? But at this moment, something happens to a group of people, that their sight is gone. So they are again in the darkness. Before that fire, there was darkness outside, although their own sights were intact. But now, the environment, the surroundings are enlightened, but their sight is gone. So they are again in the darkness. This is the position of those. Actually, Muhammad kindled the fire and light of Hidayah. But there were certain people who, out of jealousy, out of their haughtiness, they didn't like to see the light of the day. So actually, their sight was taken away by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and now they are groping in the darkness. This is the likeness of the people of the second group. Their likeness is to the likeness of a one person who kindled a fire. And when it lighted all around him, Zahab Allah Allah took away their sight. And now left them in the darknesses, they cannot see anything. Summun, Bukmun, Umyun, They are deaf, they are dumb, they are blind, and they are not going to return. Don't hope, O Muhammad or you, O Muslim, that any one of them will ever return to the path of Allah. Because now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken away their sight. So I think that this simile is for that group. And for the Munafiqeen of second simile. All the similitude of a rainstorm. There is a rainstorm from the sky. Wherein there is darkness and thunder and lightning. They are putting their fingers in their ears, saving themselves from death due to the stunning thunderclap. They think that the sound will take their hearing away and then maybe they die out of it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already encompassed and encircled these kuffar. Where can they go? They are within the grip of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They cannot go anywhere. They cannot run away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
یہ قاد البر کو یکسف ہوا سارا ہوں دی لائٹنگ آلموسٹ از نیئر ٹو اسنیچ نیئر سائٹ کلما ابا لہم مشوفی وین ایور دیئر از سم لائف دے کین سی سم تھنگ دے ہیو سین دی انوائرمنٹ دے اسٹارٹ گوئنگ ان دی ڈائریکشن مشوفی دے واک اے فیو اسٹیپس وائز ازلما علیہ قام وین دیئر از ڈارکنس اپون دیم دے اسٹینڈ ولو شاء اللہ لذہب بسمرہم وابصارہم and had Allah decided or decreed he would have taken away from them their sight and hearing both in Allah ala kulli shayin qadeer verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all powerful he has all authority he can do anything he likes now just have some thought about this simile you know whenever there is some revolutionary dawah revolutionary movement there are difficulties You are called to do your duties in face of difficulties and risks. There are risks of life, risks of wealth. Now you may have to suffer and you may have to give up your careers. You may have to give up and wind up your businesses. That has been the requirement of every revolutionary struggle. Now these people who are in between, they are belonging to the category who want to do something but without any harm to themselves. They don't want to take any risk to their life, their wealth, their property and so on. So what happens? Whenever during the movement there comes a time when there is no immediate risk. There is no call to go to war, for example, during the motherly period. Whenever there was a call to go to war for any battle, then they were in a very big trouble. How to save themselves? How to apologize? how to get leave from that but whenever all the conditions are normal then they can walk with the muslims and they join the muslims in congregations they talk loudly about their islam and iman they make all claims about their sincerity but when there is a difficult time time of trial and tribulation they go down and their courage is gone so this is the condition of those people about whom the description we have already seen وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُوْبِنِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا عَنْفُسَمْ وَمَا يَحْرُونَ They are all from among people who claim that they are Mormons. They believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they believe in the life hereafter, in the day of judgment. But actually they don't believe. It's a superficial claim that they are making. It's only a verbal attestation that they are doing or they are making total false claims they are like the Jews so this description fits both of them and they were in close association with each other actually this Munafiqat and Munafiqeen they were like the undergrowth there are big trees under those big trees there is the undergrowth which we call bushes so these Munafiqeen were like the undergrowth of the Jews They were the established people, three established tribes. They were very influential. They were very wealthy. They were educated people. They had the book, they had the law, they had Torah, they had learned people within them. So actually this third category was an undergrowth under that Jews. And this is the description of this character. And when we generalize it, always with every revolutionary cause and movement, you will find three types of people. People who accept the call at its face value. And then they die for it, they live for it. They take every risk for it. They are ready to sacrifice their all blamings, even their lives. People who are opposed to it, to them they openly. Because they are the people whose vested interests are threatened by the revolutionary party or the revolutionary dawah. They oppose it, to them they. And there is always a third group which likes that something good should happen. But they are not ready to sacrifice anything for that. They want to play safe. There is a very important and very beautiful similitude. In Surah Al-Hajj there is an ayah. وَمِنُ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ عَلَىٰ حَرْسِمْ There are from among people who want to worship Allah. But keeping themselves on the sides. They don't want to plunge the main current. فَإِنَّ أَسَابَهُ خَيْرُ لِكْمَانَّ بِهِ If there is خَيْرُ 
if there is safety, if there is all the sureties and everything is okay, he is also satisfied. He is also with the Mohammedin. And whenever there is some trial, tribulation, when there is a period of testing, when there is a call for sacrifice, for spending for the cause of Allah, a call for going to the battlefield for the cause of Allah, in Kalabala Vajhi, they fall down on their faces. Khasarat Dunya wa This is actually the real loss. Loss of this world also, and real loss of the Akhirah. Zalikahuwal Khusradul Mubin, and this is the real loss. This is the real danger to which a man is putting himself. So that is actually the description of this. Let us proceed to the first ayah of the third section. Ya yuhanna sobudu rabbakumul ladhi khalaqakum wal ladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakoon. Instead of giving you the translation, let me give you the introduction to the third and fourth sections. These two sections of this surah, as I told you in the beginning, they give you a gist and a summary of the call of Quran. What's the call of Quran? Number one. And number two, the basic philosophy of Quran. All these subjects have been discussed in detail in the Bhakti surahs. But as I told you, that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed a Madani surah in the very beginning of the Bushat, the gist and summary of that Makki Quran is given here in two sections. Very important. What's the basic call of Quran? That we will find in the third section, third ruku. What's the basic philosophy of Quran? What's the position of man in this universe? On what basis that position has been given to him? And what is the struggle of evil and good that is going on throughout the history? The struggle within a man, within the personality. There is a struggle always going on within our personalities, between good and evil. Something is taking us towards evil, and something wants to take us towards good, towards virtue. This is a struggle. A war is going on in the inner battlefield of our personality. And there is a war going on on the outside world. There is the philosophy of history of Quran that this is a struggle between the forces of evil and forces of virtue and good. The forces of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on one side and the forces of shaitan on the other side. Dunya to have So that struggle is going on. That struggle has been going on. But what is the basis of that struggle? That will be discussed in the fourth section, inshallah. And that those two sections, inshallah, we shall study in the next session. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al-Azim wa nafadi wa iyaakum bil ayati wa zikil hakim.